Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to Mind, Body & Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, and in this episode, I'm going to share ways to simplify your fitness journey, because sometimes, can it be so complicated? I'm also going to share some of the most commonly overlooked aspects of living a healthy lifestyle. Yes, this is going to be a very practical conversation with tips and hacks to help you jumpstart, reignite, or enhance your wellness. So let's get into it. I am feeling so good, y'all. Fresh off of my trip to Cuba, went there for cultural slash educational purposes because I've shared in several podcast episodes that I have been taking Cuban salsa classes with my husband. So we decided to start doing that at the beginning of the year. And then we had this wild idea like, hey, let's go to Cuba and take dance lessons in Cuba. And so we went with our dance studio and really got a chance to explore the country, um, Havana to be exact. And when I tell you it was just the reset that I needed, the trip really helped me release a lot of pressure. You know, when you go from day to day, task to task, conversation to conversation, problem to problem, and it's nonstop, sometimes you can be so caught up in a cycle of doing that that it feels normal. Um, and you're wondering why you have headaches. You're wondering why you're easily frustrated and annoyed. You're wondering why, you know, you just have little patience and you're just feeling really irritable. And I found myself in that space. It was really like a funk that I couldn't shake. I managed to suppress it and work my way through it, but I wasn't able to really shake it off. And when I tell you I am back from Cuba, a new woman, just a change of atmosphere, releasing that pressure because I had very limited access to the internet around a lot of good weather, really good people. I mean, being there in Cuba made me optimistic about how life could be. And I thought a lot about how life once was before we had social media and all of these distractions. I mean, people were walking everywhere. I can count on one hand how many obese people I saw while I was there. Everybody knew everybody. You know, the guy that was like our taxi driver, which was basically a bike with two seats on the back. You know, he was waving and talking to everybody, even with the language barrier, because I would say maybe only about 10, 15 percent of everyone in Havana knew how to speak English. But that didn't stop us. The culture, the art. The dancing, just the genuine good energy, going out to a club, not worrying about anybody fighting. I mean, it was just wonderful. And I don't know if you can feel the energy in my voice, but I highly recommend that, you know, if you feel like you've been going and going and going and you haven't been able to press the brakes, you haven't been able to even pause, if you can do it. Find some time to just change your environment. And I'm not saying you got to go out of the country, but it could be a nature trail. It could be a staycation where you just disconnect from everyone and you are still and you find peace and you're able to calm your mind and your spirit. I had some things that were heavy on my mind, some things that I felt like were a really big deal. And I came back refreshed 
and not as, um, let's see, not as tormented <laughs> because I can tell you when I left, I had so little patience and was so irritable that the littlest thing felt like a big deal to me. And when I came back, I had a better perspective on how to handle challenges and just how to be more patient and to show myself grace and to embrace and squeeze life. Try to get away and have some time to yourself within the next 30 days. I strongly encourage you to do that. And again, you don't have to go out of the country to make that happen, but it was just such a good reset for me. So I hope you feel that energy inside of this episode because I wanna share some of the things that I learned by observing the people in Cuba what I got from those observations and how to simplify your fitness journey. Now, before I jump into the specifics about simplifying your fitness journey, I think it's important to start by identifying some of the reasons why living a healthy lifestyle is so hard because it doesn't seem like it should be, right? Eat your fruits and vegetables, move your body, drink your water, mind your business. That's a big one, but it can be challenging for people. So I came across this really great article on Medium and it was talking about the main obstacles to pursuing a healthy lifestyle. And one thing that stood out to me was lack of awareness. Here's the exact quote. It says, humans tend to heavily discount the future, meaning things that we have now are more valuable to us than things we'll have in a few years. Let me say that again. Things that we have now are more valuable to us than things we'll have in a few years. This is one of the most common excuses I get from the average everyday person, when I say, oh my gosh, you know, what is your life going to be like when you're in your 60s and your 70s? You're making so many bad choices and it's going to show up later. And, you know, folks, oh, well, you only live once and I don't know if I'm going to live that long. And they're always thinking about the present. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about the present and live in the moment. But can you think about bad choices that you made 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago and you're suffering the consequences of those choices? You can look back and pseudo regret some of those choices and you may even think about where your life could have been had you taken a different course. It is the same way. It's the same concept when it comes to eating healthy, moving your body, doing things that are good for your overall wellness. So because people are so present focused and not future focused, specifically when it comes to the way that they eat and exercise, let me say we eat and exercise because I fall into this as well, it's hard to correctly weigh the cost, the consequences of choosing unhealthy habits today. And so we give in to the short-term pleasures and this comes at the expense of long-term benefits. Another big reason why it's so hard to pursue a healthy lifestyle is time. I can tell you time. Oh, my goodness. Being a mother, a wife, working for a company, running my own business, trying to take care of my own wellness, cooking, picking the kids up. I mean, there is very little time to prepare meals, to be intentional about exercise. I mean, some folks are out here working 12-hour days, especially considering what's happening in this current economy. So if you think about it, making unhealthy choices is more convenient if you're in a time crunch because what's easier, going to the grocery store, buying all the ingredients, preparing the meal, cooking it, and then actually taking the time to sit down and eat or, you know, grabbing a little cinnamon roll out the vending machine just to satisfy that hunger itch that you have. 
time is a really big deal. Um, one thing that stood out in this article, it said under stress, our brains tend to be reflexive rather than reflective. So when we're reflexive, we tend to go back to old habits that are the established default pathways in our brain. We go to what's convenient, to what's easy. And I don't know about you, but when I am very limited on time, just the thought of having to go to the grocery store, cook my meals, drive to the gym, it gives me anxiety. It stresses me out. So lack of time is a really big deal. Another reason why living a healthy lifestyle is so hard, let's be real, lack of self-control, lack of discipline, you know? Sometimes those sugars, those sweets, those pastries, at pizza, those french fries, they just be calling your name. Your mouth starts watering when you even think about them. So you don't have a time issue. You don't have a lack of awareness issue, but them taste buds are controlling everything in your being. <laughs> the desire to do the wrong thing is controlling your whole being, and maybe it's just difficult to get a grip on it. We deliberately choose to indulge in those short-term pleasures, mainly because, you know, the stress condition that we're in. And oftentimes, we're not even aware of it because our brain is designed to think about the feeling that we get from eating that thing or from just sitting on the couch and doing nothing but watch TV. For a lot of people, that's calming, that's relaxing, and sometimes it actually is. It should be, you know, after a long day. But when you're in a cycle of being sedentary all the time, when you're in a cycle of eating those sugary, carbonated drinks, those packaged snacks, those high-fat content meals, and your brain gets in a routine of giving you these triggers to go after those things, that's when it becomes more and more difficult to practice self-control, to be more um, disciplined because you're thinking about the incentive of the feeling that you get from doing those things. And then the last thing that I want to point out when it comes to, you know, the difficulties of living a healthy lifestyle is just knowing how to. Where do you get started? Isn't there so much information? Do you ever feel like once you finally figured it out, you go on social media and you see a so-called expert telling you that the way that you're doing it is wrong and you should do something different and then you do something different and then somebody else says that's wrong. And so after about 30 days, you don't remix four or five different things and you haven't seen any results. So understanding what works for you, that can be really frustrating. So frustrating that it's common for people to just give up and say, bump it this is too complicated I don't even know what to do and I'm confused and then there's the ego of not asking for help or not having access to someone that you trust that can guide you in the right direction now that we've identified the difficulties in living a healthier lifestyle let's talk about simplifying your fitness journey so first thing I want to point out is quality over quantity and this is a trap that I've fallen into many times even though I knew better I have fallen into this trap, but I'm doing much better these days. It's basically counting calories instead of paying attention to the quality of the food you eat. So we hear a lot of times, well, you need this many calories to lose weight. And it's true. Like, you know, if you eat one slice of pizza the whole day, you will more than likely lose weight. You'll see the number on the scale go down and you may even notice that your clothes aren't fitting as tight as they used to. Now, if weight loss is your only goal and changing your physical appearance is your top priority, this may seem like a good thing because you still get to eat your pizza and you get to see the changes. However, going back to the point I made about um, 
the difficulty in maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And that very first point is that people are more in tune with the present and they're not very mindful about how the choices they make today will impact the future. This is why quality over quantity is really important. Lowering your calories is cool for weight loss now, but your body needs nutrients from real food. So focus on quality over quantity. Now, what does that look like? It looks like a nice, even balance of macronutrients. So three macronutrients you need to know. Protein, fats, carbohydrates, they are the only three. Those are the three macronutrients that are going to provide you with calories. Energy. Most packaged food, processed food, carbonated drinks, those fatty snacks, they are very low in quality macronutrients. You may see on the back of the package that it does have some fat, does have some protein or carbohydrates, but you need the type of macronutrients that provide real sustainable fuel to your body. Why? Because it helps your organs function better. It gives you energy when you exercise. It gives you mental clarity. So my recommendation is to focus more on making sure, number one, you're eating something green every day. Number two, that you have a good balance of carbohydrates, fats, and protein on your plate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So for example, for breakfast, that may look like, I love this breakfast right here, smoked salmon, that's my protein slash fat, a multi-grain toast, that is my carbohydrate, topped with avocado slices, and that is my fat. So I have a balance of macronutrients there. The problem is for breakfast, a lot of folks want to do a donuts and a coffee because most of the time people wake up and they don't have a big appetite. Why? Because they eat a huge meal in the evening and they're just not waking up feeling hungry. And that's a whole different episode. But for the sake of this conversation, that balanced plate is going to give you sustained energy throughout the day. It's going to help fight off those cravings. It's going to help make sure that your body gets the nutrients that it needs. And you also need to get in the habit of eating healthy foods, of eating green things, leafy greens, spinach, kale, root vegetables, low glycemic fruit. You can actually Google the glycemic index and you want to stick to the fruits that are on the lower end of the glycemic index. And this is especially good if you have type 2 diabetes or you're at risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Also, when you think quality over quantity, you want to make sure that you are eating meals that make you feel full. Because when you're eating those processed foods, those packaged snacks, you're going to get a sugar spike, feel hungry later, then eat more. And that is the surest path to over-consuming calories and causing your body to store more fat. Think about the quality of the foods that you're eating. Look at your plate. Ask yourself, do I have a healthy fat protein and carbohydrate on my plate? Is this something that was prepared or came out of a package? Does this thing that I'm eating have ingredients that I can pronounce? And don't you start trying to pronounce those non-syllable ingredients just so you can eat it. I'm talking real food. So think quality over quantity. And this really helps as well because you're not constantly tracking stuff in you know, a fitness app. You're not necessarily having to weigh your food all the time, but it's really being more intuitive and listening to what your body needs and paying attention to how your body responds to real food. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. 
only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you have mental clarity? Do you feel less bloated? Are you more energized? There's so many benefits that food can bring. So the deprivation at the expense of your overall health, I'm talking about what is happening on the inside of your body just is not worth it. So focus on quality over quantity. Another great way to simplify your fitness journey is to normalize movement. I'm talking physical activity. And so some people may think, well, yeah, it is normal. You know, I schedule my time at the gym every day, but I'm talking about movement in your everyday task. What are you doing day to day to make sure that you are enhancing your mobility? Are you always trying to take the shortest path to get to where you need to go? The fewest steps. Can you touch your toes? Do you have to hold on to something to sit down? All of these things, you know, it, it, it may seem silly, but it's really important because if you don't normalize movement and you allow your body to stiffen up, you allow your joints to get tight, it doesn't get better as you age. So you need to normalize movement. Think about the things that you are doing every day. If you are driving to work, uh, maybe you need to park further away from your office door so that you can get those steps in. If you're sending emails to your colleagues who are in the same building, maybe get up and walk over to their desk and verbally express what you need from them or correspond face-to-face. One of my very good friends, very limited on time, she started having walking meetings with her boss. And it was actually not her idea. It was her boss's idea because her boss was trying to lose weight. She told my good friend, hey, meet me on the track because they work at a university up in Chicago. And they would walk about eight laps and just talk about things related to the company and the goals and moving their objectives forward. But that was just a great method that she used to normalize physical activity. And now my good friend, she does walking meetings as well. So find some way to get movement into your everyday activities outside of what you're doing at the gym or your structured exercise routine. Another thing that could help simplify your fitness journey is habit looping. One of the most recommended books that I see on social media and one that I have personally read and own is Atomic Habits. And so in this book, the author talks about making healthy habits easy and making bad habits hard. For example, say you take a certain weight home every day and that route includes a line of fast food restaurants. So this easy access, you pass by it, you see the logo, it's calling your name and all of a sudden you're in the drive-thru window ordering a number seven supersize and a dessert. How do you make eating that unhealthy food more difficult? You take a different way home. So that's what the book talks about. I highly recommend it. It's called Atomic Habits. One of the other things in the book that really stood out to me was habit looping. The author talks about look at things that you're already doing and tie in those good behaviors, those positive habits that are going to contribute to your goals, whether they are personal or professional, fitness, whatever the goal may be, and loop it together. So an example of that would be you got your favorite show that you stream on your favorite platform and you watch it every Thursday night and typically you're just sitting down on your couch watching it. Well, um, you know you need to stretch. So maybe while you're watching that favorite show, you're doing some toe touches, some neck stretches, 
really addressing any tight muscles that you may have while you're watching the show and normalize that. Make that a thing that you do so you can still watch a show, but you're also improving your flexibility. Another thing that was helpful for me is just simply keeping a bottle of water in my supplements on the nightstand next to my side of the bed. So as soon as I wake up, I see them. I need to take them. They're right there in my face. So that habit loop is, hey, I wake up in the morning. That is a habit. Prayerfully, that is something that I will do for many years. Wake up in the morning, grab my water, grab my supplements and take them because they're right there in my face. Figure out what you're doing all the time and try to tie in healthy habits with the things that are already a part of your routine. And with that said, this is the perfect opportunity for me to infuse this episode to tell me more questions. So if you're new to the podcast or if you're not aware of tell me more and how it works, all you have to do is DM me your question on Instagram at MBBpod. That is the official Instagram page of the Mind, Body and Business podcast, MBBpod. Shoot me a DM with your question and I could possibly include it in this podcast. So this question has a lot to do do with the discussion we've been having inside this episode. It comes from Angela. She is from Indianapolis. She says, hey, Maria, I love the podcast. My question for you is I feel like I am addicted to sugar. And every time I get ahead with losing weight, I always end up gaining it back because I eat so much sugar. I also don't get enough sleep at night. So I have low energy throughout the day. What can I do to turn things around? Well, first of all, Angela, thank you so much for this question. This is very common, actually. A lot of folks feel like they're low on energy, having a hard time sleeping, addicted to sugar. And I want you to first think about the relationship between your two issues, the sugar addiction and the sleep deprivation. So your body is naturally craving extra calories because you're not getting enough rest. The body requires calories to function. So when we think about eating food, oftentimes we associate that with exercise and being very intentional about burning that food off. But we burn calories when we're breathing, when we're sleeping, when we're eating food. 10% of the calories that you eat are burned just through chewing and digesting your food. So your body is in constant need of energy and it is expending energy. So the reason why you're probably having those sugar cravings is because you have more waking hours due to lack of sleep, right? So it is not unusual to feel like you want something extra to eat, but in your case, it's the sugar. There's many ways that people address sugar addiction. Some people are really good with going cold turkey and saying, I'm just not going to have anything with sugar anymore. I think that leads to withdrawals. And then some people say, you know what, I'm going to eat clean these days and then have my treat meals. And these days, I think that leads to overeating because you're depriving yourself of the thing that you enjoy for consecutive days. So my advice and the approach that I've seen that's been effective with some of my clients is to slowly wean yourself off of sugar and to incorporate substitutions, specifically fruit. Yeah, you hear this a lot. Eat fruit. It's sweet. And it also comes with nutrients. So you get that one-two punch benefit. Now, in terms of the sugar addiction, I encourage you to look at your portions and just scale back. I had a client who was addicted to sodas and she was drinking four cans of soda per day. And I encouraged her to cut it back to two cans of soda per day. Then she started 
suppressing her own juice using fresh fruits and she slowly weaned herself off of it so that it didn't feel so extreme that it wasn't such a shock to her body but again you know if you have an underlying health condition like diabetes you know you may not have the convenience of slowly weaning yourself off you may need to quit cold turkey but I think that slowly lowering your portions of your sugar intake is going to be really important let's go back to the sleep because if you get more rest it is very likely that you won't have as many cravings throughout the day so think about what your nighttime routine needs to be in order for you to wind down to get a full night's rest. Now, even as adults, it's recommended that we get eight hours of sleep. And for people who are only sleeping about five hours a day, that seems really extreme. So if you are one of those people, um, or if you're listening right now, and you're like, man, sleep is a really big deal for me. Start off by trying to add about 30 minutes to one hour extra more than what you're doing now. So if you're doing five hours, bump it up to six hours. And gradually work yourself up as close to that eight hours of sleep as you possibly can. Now, I already hear you in my head. Maria, I ain't got time to be sleeping that long. Well, why don't you do a time inventory? What I found in my experience is that I had a lot of pockets in the day where I was wasting time. I had downtime. I didn't realize how long I was scrolling on social media. I didn't realize how long, you know, those post-work conversations were going. Like sometimes I would still be at the job 45 minutes to an hour after my shift just talking. And so when I looked at all of those hours and added them up, I found about three extra hours per day, three hours that I could be using to be productive, get my work done so that I could go to sleep at a decent hour. Now, not everyone has this luxury, but find those pockets. It's, I mean, even if you can find 30 minutes here, 15 minutes there, it will make a huge difference in you getting to bed at a decent hour. Also, just think about calming your mind as you prepare to go to bed, because even if you get to bed at a decent hour, if your mind is racing, it's going to be hard to fall asleep. So you may want to brain dump, get all of those thoughts out of your head and write them down on paper. I like to keep a journal right next to my bedside so that if I think of something while I'm sleeping, I can get it out of my head, put it on paper and address it the next day. But get your nighttime routine together. Have dinner at a decent hour, preferably three hours before bedtime. Have your nighttime hygiene routine. Make sure you don't leave the TV on and you're not looking at electronic devices because it takes your brain time to wind down from being exposed to all of that information and processing it. So you want those low lights. Uh, White noise might be helpful. I like the sound of a fan. Uh, Sometimes I'll just turn the bathroom fan on and it puts me to sleep. It could be uh, monks chanting for you. It could be meditating music, calming sounds that help you get to sleep at night. So start off there, portion control, finding nutrient-dense substitutes for those sugar cravings like fruit, and really getting to bed at a decent hour so that you can fight off those sugar cravings and be more energized throughout the day because your body is well-rested. And one last thing I want to mention, Angela, to put a bow on the answer to your question is to make sure that you're not confusing hunger with thirst. So when you say you're addicted to sugar, a part of that is probably actually thinking that you're hungry and you need something to eat. And sometimes it's just a case of you being dehydrated. 
because sometimes dehydration feels like hunger. So try drinking a big glass of water before you dig into that sugary meal or give into that donut or that candy bar and see if that makes a difference. So hopefully some or all of these suggestions help you out. Again, I really appreciate that very relatable question, Angela. Clearly a whole lot of information packed in this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Can we do a little recap simplifying your fitness journey. So number one, quality over quantity. You know, I'm all about actionable insights. So I want you to feel like after listening to this episode, you can put something into practice right now, no matter where you are in your wellness journey. So quality over quantity. Did you eat something green? Are you drinking enough water? Is there a protein, fat, and carbohydrate on your plate? Good food that you cook with ingredients that you can announce. Number two, normalizing movement. How can you get in physical activity outside of that scheduled exercise routine that you have planned at the gym? Normalize moving your body through daily tasks and habit loop. Look at some things that you're already doing and loop in a good habit, a healthy habit into that. I gave you the example of, you know, when you're winding down at night, maybe leaving that bottle of water and your supplements, your multivitamin, your probiotics or whatever you're taking on your nightstand. It could also mean going on walking meetings, you know, moving forward. If somebody want to talk to you about work, they got to walk around outside or somewhere in the building with you. So again, that's going to take you looking at your day, what you do all the time and looping in those good habits so that you can live a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. On that note, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of Mind, Body and Business. If you were not able to take notes while listening to this episode, maybe you were going on a walk or commuting or doing some chores around the house, it's worth going back and taking a second listen to put some intention behind what you're doing to have a well-rounded fitness journey. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends and give me a follow on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit a rating or review. I would greatly appreciate that. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday. Plus, you can stay connected with the Mind, Body, and Business podcast at Pod on Instagram and Facebook. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Take care. Mind, Body, and Business is an Urban One Incorporated Reach Media production hosted by me, Maria Moore. Follow me at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E on all socials. Executive produced by me, Maria Moore. Senior Director of Podcast Operations, Sierra Reed. Supervisory Producer, Colby Kolb-Tyner. Director of Sales and Corporate Partnerships, Michelle Marino. Integrated Marketing and Partnerships, Lori Flowers, Laura Lopez, and Brittany Jackson. Digital Marketing, Walter Gaynor, J.R. Davis, and Tim Hall. Music produced by Jamal J. So Smith. Thank you for listening to the Mind, Body, and Business Podcast with Maria Moore. <laughs>